version of them. Uh, we need to make sure that they get the best version of us. Circle the wagons, get back in the fight, however you want to say it. And that's really your only choice. Last time I checked this morning when I walked in our building, the golden hat wasn't in there. Good. That's good. That's a good thing. Hey, listen, everybody stay positive out there. Hour three, T-Row in the morning show, Thursday, October 6th. TJ and I are headed to Dallas today. Tomorrow morning show live from the Omni downtown Dallas. It is OU Texas weekend. There is some nervousness. Well, there's always nervousness, but OU is a touchdown underdog. Hadn't been like this in a while. What will happen Saturday morning on the floor of the venerable Cotton Bowl? 11 a.m. kickoff. All right, TJ, I got in front of me Uh, this week's slate. We're going to go over it quickly because we got to make our picks today for the Ref Royal Rumble. Has the chairman been in? Uh, we're looking at anything yet? Uh, we have not discussed games yet. We will do that today. Well, I'm going to throw out some games and some lines here and some possibilities. Now, these are the lines on ESPN, so I don't know if they match scores and odds directly, but they're probably pretty close. Big 12, you got the big TCU at Kansas game, the ESPN game day game tomorrow. TCU, a six and a half point road favorite you got kansas laying out there as an upset special tomorrow ou texas texas seven point favorite oklahoma by the way is the home team this year so crimson jerseys for the sooners all whites for texas osu hosting texas tech 230 cowboys nine and a half point pick And Farmageddon, again, the road team favorite here, Kansas State, is a two-point favorite at Iowa State. No games this week for West Virginia or Baylor. Those two teams are off in the Big 12. Rest of the top 25, number four, Michigan at Indiana, favored by 22.5. Top 25 showdown in Baton Rouge. Josh Heupel, an unbeaten Tennessee at LSU. Tennessee favored by three on the road. That's also an 11 a.m. kick. Arkansas trying to shake off uh, back-to-back losses. They will be at Mississippi State. Another tough game for the Hogs this week. Mississippi State favored by nine and a half. Auburn at Georgia. Georgia unbeaten, but they've looked vulnerable the last couple of weeks. I don't think Auburn's good enough to beat them, not between the hedges. Georgia's favored by 30 
in an SEC game. Wow. Utah at UCLA. Here's a big one in the Pac-12. The game is in the Rose Bowl. Utah's favored by three and a half. Ohio State goes on the road to play Michigan State, three o'clock ABC game. Ohio State, 27-point road favorite. Got a whole lot of road favorites this week, Teach. Number nine, Ole Miss is 5-0. and Lane Kiffin's team at Vandy, favored by 17. Michigan, another road favorite, th- or excuse me, Washington, another road favorite this week. At Arizona State, Washington, 14-point favorite. Clemson, another road favorite, 6-30 game at Boston College. Clemson, 20-and-a-half-point pick there. USC gets Washington State. It's a pretty good Pac-12 game. Washington State's 4-1, USC unbeaten. Trojans, 12.5-point favorite in the Coliseum. Mark Stoops in Kentucky trying to bounce back from their first loss. They get Shane Beamer this week. Six-point home favorite for Kentucky. Seems a little low, maybe. Uh, BYU goes to Notre Dame. Irish favored by three and a half. In it's actually a the game is in Vegas, three and a half point pick for Notre Dame. The primetime game on CBS: Nick Saban versus Jimbo Fisher. Alabama, a twenty-four point favorite in Tuscaloosa. I don't cheat. I don't lie. Those two guys did not get along in the summer at all. A and M beat them last year. That could be a boot stomping. NC State hosting Florida State. Wolfpack favored by three at home. And the late-night Pac-12 game, Oregon at Arizona. Ducks a 13-point favorite. TJ, there's a lot of upset special possibilities out there this week. you got a lot of home dogs. It's a lot of of intriguing games to pick from, yeah. Can I ask you a crazy question? Okay. The answer to this, I'm sure, is a resounding no, okay? So I'm just going to say this up front. But a crazy question. Let me throw it out here. Is the Big 12 better than the SEC this year? They don't have, in my opinion, that top-tier team that's as good as Alabama or Georgia, but top to bottom, they're probably better. There's some really good teams in the SEC, though, too. I mean... That you would be comparable to a lot of Big 12 teams. Arkansas, uh, Florida. um, I'd have to think about that. But the bottom feeder of the Big 12 is not as bad as Vandy or Missouri, I don't think. You're talking about Missouri that almost beat Georgia last week? Well, yeah, they did. The answer is no. I started this by saying and this: the answer to this is obviously a resounding no. However... The two big dogs, the two national championship contenders, and I agree with this, Alabama and Georgia. Bama should have lost to, I don't know, middle-of-the-pack Texas team in the Big 12, right? And Georgia maybe should have lost, almost lost to Missouri, who got absolutely trounced by Kansas State. Mm -hmm. I know you can't necessarily always compare scores, but... I, I think Georgia and Alabama are going to shake it off, and they'll end up probably winning a national championship. But I'm I, I'm bringing up this question with Oklahoma obviously being down. 
But I don't know. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, you look at like A&M and nothing. LSU's. They look great. Auburn's not any good. I think Arkansas is a pretty good team, but, I mean, there's some teams in the Big 12 that would handle Arkansas, I think. Florida's okay. Tennessee. Good start. Uh, good team, but, like, if, you know, I don't know, give me, let me see, let me line up the, I, again, I'm, SEC's a better conference. Everybody just calm down out there. But it is interesting to just let the man dream. Calm down, people. Like if Tennessee played, um, well, I don't know. Who do you think is the best team in the Big 12? OSU? Well, right now it's OSU. I mean, or appears to be, in my opinion. OSU, Although, TCU, you know what? And Kansas TCU's daggum impressive right now to me. But, you know, that's nightmare visions from last Saturday, so. TCU played Tennessee. Who wins? Tennessee. (laughs) Why did you answer that so quickly? I just think they're better. Why? Because I love Josh Heupel, and I support uh, (laughs) uh, the uh, lefty, so. (laughs) You might be right. I'm just saying, like, you sounded Um, like that was an easy Because, as I said that, you know, with TCU, I still feel like I did going into the game next week. I don't know what they are. And I just saw them put a beat down on Oklahoma. Why don't you know what they are? (sighs) I guess I just don't fully buy in and believe into them. I don't believe my eyes. Yeah. Because my eyes are telling me they're a pretty good football team. Mm-hmm. But my uh, heart and... Uh, Do you believe Tennessee? I believe Tennessee is a good football team. Yes. Why? I think they're... Um, maybe this is just me uh, making things up in my mind, but it seems to me their schedule has been tougher and they've been more impressive to me. And like I said, that could just be my mind thinking that because I couldn't tell you their schedule off the top of Ball my head outside State, of Florida and a couple of other games that they've played. Ball State at Pitt, Akron, Florida. No, not as good as I was thinking, but probably uh, comparable TCU's to TCU. Played um, at Colorado, nobody. Terrible. Uh, at SMU, Oklahoma. Yeah, Tennessee's Tennessee's a better team. No. They've got the best win out of those two programs. Over Florida. The Florida win? Mm-hmm. You think Florida's better than Oklahoma? Yes. Right now. Mm-hmm. I may answer that differently Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it is a... Uh, like you get down to like you know you start matching up teams you like you do the whole I don't know who you match up like Baylor Texas A and M who wins a Baylor Texas A and M game or LSU or whatever you know I mean it's the answer is the SEC I got you folks but you, you you look at the SEC this year and we're going into that conference I understand it's the best conference but you look at it this year and it's a little shaky like Florida's zero and two that Florida team you just Mentioned is better than Oklahoma is also three and two and zero oh and two in conference play. Well, that's true. You got a South Carolina. You got you got a Missouri in there. You got a Vanderbilt in there. You got 
Auburn's not any good. I think Mississippi State's a pretty good team, actually. Ole Miss, I don't know. Stupid question. The answer is the SEC, TJ. Okay? Just knock it off with all this <laughs> Big 12 hype. <laughs> knock it off with all this Big 12 hype, okay? Your Mavs beat the Thunder last night, by the way, in exhibition play 98-96. to And we had a college football game last night. We had this uh, hurricane-delayed game last night. UCF beat SMU 41-19. to Future Big 12 member, UCF beat SMU 41-19. A Thursday night NFL game tonight. Once again, TJ, the Thursday of OU Texas week. My Colts are playing. This happens almost every year. This has been like 15 years in a row, it seems like. I always watch the Colts play a Thursday night game in Dallas. Getting ready for that Friday morning remote. They play again tonight at Denver. No Jonathan Taylor tonight for Indy. We are off to a very shaky start. Very much need a win tonight. This is not going to be easy. 7.20 kickoff for that. All right, quick break. When we come back, we go live to Austin. Craig Way, voice of the Longhorns, joins us. We'll be back. The T-Row in the Morning Show is powered by Extreme Outdoor Equipment, your full-line dealer for bad boy zero-turn mowers, tractors, and implements. I-44 at the Newcastle Tuttle Exit 108. All right, every week, every year we have uh, Craig Way on, OU Texas Week. He'll be in the booth. Let me see. Let me think about this. We're the home team. He will be in the booth to my left, I believe, on uh, Saturday morning, the one with the post in it. TJ, the visiting team has to work around the big post up there in the uh, Cotton Bowl press box. Good morning, Craig. How are you today? I have hit that post before, uh, Toby. I, I have. Good morning. But I, I have to say this. You do know. You, you and the crew, whenever you come out, when you have me on with Texas Flight, that right now there are cars careening off the Northwest Expressway and the Kirkpatrick Turnpike and the Broadway Extension. You know, all that stuff is going on. Whenever you know that, you're, just, you're making a difficult time right now for Sooner fans, even more challenging when you roll back with Texas Flight. Now you got cars all over your freeways. I appreciate your knowledge of Oklahoma City roadways, but. Uh, <laughs> The uh, cars have all driven off the road that like last two weeks Saturday. Ago. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, that's uh, the least of the concerns right now is the fact that uh, Texas Fight is playing uh, on the radio. What's the confidence level down in Austin for this game this week? You know, it's really weird, Tubby, because, uh, you know, it's normally pretty measured, especially over, what is it, the past 13 games where the Sooners have won 10 of them since 2010. So uh, it's always kind of measured going into a game. I wouldn't necessarily say it's coming off the charts, but I think that the the confidence level is probably raising a bit for Texas fans, if only because uh, apparently the fan sites are reporting this, and I'm not a big fan site reader, but but apparently the fan sites are reporting that that Sooner fans' trash talk is at an all-time low. And if that's the case, then maybe Texas fans are drawing some confidence from that. And, of course, you and I know all about the trash talk. You know, that, that's really what determines the outcome of the game, right? You know, right, right, how, right. Much, how much of that's going on. So I, I, I would say they're feeling, put it this way, they're feeling better about it after the team played its most complete game to this point in the season with the win over West Virginia last Saturday. That was coming off a really disappointing loss 
in Lubbock to Texas Tech. So I think they're feeling better about things anyway. Well, tell me about that. What what happened last week that was that you know reassuring? What was it that they put together last week? In a word, defense. I mean, they played so much better. I mean, the game in Lubbock against Texas Tech, the defense had to defend 100 plays. Now, a large measure of that, or a good chunk of it, was because they could not get off the field, not on third down, but on fourth down. They gave up six of eight fourth down conversions to the Red Raiders. Joey McGuire threw all caution to the wind, and they went for it eight times on fourth down. A lot of those times it was fourth and two, fourth and three. There was a fourth and one in there. But there were some fourth and sevens and fourth and six, and Texas could not get off the field on fourth down. It was a big problem. And, in fact, uh, you know, not only was it a big problem, the numbers showed that of the 100 plays that Texas Tech ran offensively against Texas, or I think it was 35 of those ran after they converted a fourth down. So eventually that's going to wear your defense out. They they didn't allow that to happen to West Virginia. They set a tone early in terms of what they did defensively. They got home with a couple of rushes with some sacks, but they created problems for JT Daniels throughout the course of the evening. So I think that was the biggest thing. Offense was pretty consistent, uh, and it has been for the most part this season, but it was more on point the other night than it had been to any point this season. We had a, a listener point out earlier this week, when's the last time we didn't know who either team was going to start at quarterback going into this game? I, I don't know the answer to that. I could think of an occasion or two where one of us had an injury or there was a question, but both teams, I, I can't think that. Maybe you can. Who's it going to be for Texas, Craig? Are we going to see yours or Card? It's a great question. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, Toby, when we were on, when you were on my program and you said, who knows? Up there, I think that's a great point by the fan. When I was examining my broadcast boards, putting it together, I looked at both teams and said, who knows how many guys who are listed listed on the two deeps are actually even going to be in the game and play. And I know that probably pertains more to the Sooners and the Longhorns, but they've got some guys banged up as well and at quarterback. I, here, to answer your question, uh, and and I had uh, Sark's radio program last night. Uh, he, he they they've been practicing. He's had not only Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers, but also Charles Wright and even the uh, the true freshman Malik Murphy. But I th- I think they look at Malik much in the same way that Brett Venables is looking at Nick Evers. I don't I don't think there's any red shirts going to be pulled off for this game. I don't think it's the same thing as like with Caleb Williams a year ago. So, you know, uh, a lot of it's going to be on the health. For for yours, a lot of it has to do with the range of motion, the flexibility, and there is a, a pain threshold, but less about that from what I understand with regard to whether he could go. And and uh, Hudson Card, they've been extremely pleased with how he stepped in and played his best game in, in, in uh, two seasons of playing quarterback at Texas, whether it be as a starter or as a backup, had his best game, definitely all the numbers, the QB ratings, the passing yards. But he has hobbled. He's had a sore ankle. So he's been dealing with a high ankle sprain and just kind of toughing his way through it. So they wanted to give the both of those guys throughout the course of this week before making a call. He's got a, a media availability this morning, but I'll be honest with you, Toby, I don't know. He'll be ready to give an answer on that or would even want to uh, yet based on what he wants to see 
from his guys today in practice and then maybe even through a walkthrough tomorrow. If, if Ewers is cleared and healthy, is he the guy or has like has Hudson Card played this into a quarterback battle, even if Ewers is healthy? Well, it was a battle in July and August, or in August. It was it was definitely a battle in August, and once they got into fall camp, and uh, you know, so it was really close at the time. So uh, Ewers can make some throws, perhaps that Hudson hasn't or can't make. Hudson seems to be a bit more comfortable with the offensive system than Quinn is, and that's understandable. That said. You know, Quinn had looked really good in, in his limited time against Alabama, moving the ball up and down the field before he got hurt. So there was still going to be some adaptation and assimilation of Sark's offense for Quinn, but he was getting better at it, clearly, and uh, I think has the better upside in terms of the physical stuff. That said, what Hudson's done can't be ignored. So neither one would surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me, Toby, if one started – and if things, you know, sputtered, they went to the other one. It would not surprise me at all, and we've seen it happen a lot in this game on both sides. Yeah. What concerns – I'm talking to Craig Way, voice of the Texas Longhorns. What concerns you, Craig? Where do you feel like Texas might be vulnerable? Well, the, the, the universal question has been the offensive line. It was going to be the huge question coming into the season. They are, after all, starting two two true freshmen on the offensive front. Now, by and large, they haven't played like freshmen so far. Uh, Kelvin Banks, the, the five-star left tackle, has been has just been outstanding. He he made a mistake last week on something, and Sark mentioned last night. He said we all had to look at each other and went, whoa, the kid is kind of like regular. <laughs> he, he is vulnerable to some mistakes. So he's done that, and, and, uh, and Cole Hudson, the right guard, the other true freshman, they both played – above the level you would certainly expect a freshman offensive lineman to, to play. That said, they're thin in the offensive front. If somebody goes down, if somebody turns an ankle, it could be a problem because the guys behind them haven't been because they sustain injuries in fall, uh, fall camp. They lost their most experienced offensive lineman, Junior Angulao, and they lost a couple other guys. So they've been banged up there. And then I think also – uh, you know, they, they got their best performance out of their defensive front to this point in the season last week. And I'm sure that it's the hope of Sark and the staff and Pete Kwiatkowski, the defensive coordinator, and Gary Patterson, who, of course, has been an analyst and helping out. That sort of, I'm sure it's their concern that those guys maintain some consistency because they haven't been consistent. Even, you know, in all four games, it was the best they'd look coming off the worst they'd look. Last question, we'll let you go. What, what do you feel like the Gary Patterson influence has been on this defense? Has it, has it been a big – has he been a big factor in this or no? I, th- I think it's influenced it. I, I think it has. You know, the funny thing, and you, you know how it can work, certainly with fans, when, when the defense looked great, uh, Gary was getting all the credit, and when they didn't look good against Texas Tech, it was like, what's wrong with PK? What's wrong with Pete Kwiatkowski? And even Gary Patterson had tweeted a thing saying – you know, it, we're we're all doing this all together, and, and Sarkis said the same thing. There's there's no, but, but I do believe that he has helped them in terms of fitting some schemes, fitting some things with the run defense better. Because last year, throughout the course of the year, they had the problems with defending the run, similar to what the 
Sooners are going through right now defensively reminds me of what Texas was going through last year trying to stop the run. And I think Gary has really helped with that. And, and they're always going to be aggressive, but PK's defenses have been aggressive, but I think there's, there's a level of aggression maybe that's ratcheted up a little bit. Are you at the Circuit of Americas right now? It's, it sounded like somebody was – are you out there racing? That was, a, that, was a, that was actually a motorcycle zooming okay. past on an otherwise <laughs> slow, slogging Austin freeway like it normally is. And, and, and certainly how the Broadway extension must now be a complete mess after yep. you play Texas bike yeah. and set cars careening into one another. <laughs> right. Greg, be safe getting up to Dallas. We will see you on Saturday morning. We'll send you out with a little boomer sooner just to get those cars back on uh, Broadway extension again. See you up there, Greg. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Take care. See you, buddy. All right. That's Craig Way, voice of the Texas Longhorns. He had some interesting things to say there. We'll take a break. 832. Back after this. The Ref. Network Studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510. Feel better or worse about OU's chances after hearing from Craig Way, Teach? Uh, 100% better. No, really? Yeah. And Those losers are dependent on a message board and the amount of posts and tweets on social media to win a game. Hmm. They're in trouble. Losers. They say there's less trash talking on the OU message board. Obviously, they haven't seen all the trash talk OU fans are doing right now. It's on their own team. There's plenty of trash. There's plenty of it out there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, You know, I think it is worth remembering that while the questions about OU at quarterback are big and important and scary, whoever they play has never been in an OU-Texas game before. Um, Quinn Ewers has never played an OU Texas either if it's him right and Hudson Card has but if he is slowed by Hudson Card has but I don't think anybody's there trembling over Hudson Card right and if he has an ankle then I like the idea of a quarterback that's not as mobile as the last couple have been. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that helps OU defensively if they don't have an Adrian Martinez or a Max Duggan back there who they have to worry about getting out and making plays. So there are some Texas – there's some Texas quarterback questions here that could work to their advantage. If you're looking for something to have some hope in, I think – it always helps to be the experienced quarterback in this game, and there really isn't one. We've had some times where we've yeah. had no matter the health status of any of uh, either side. Yeah, no. It Sam Ellinger, matter. Sam Ellinger started like six straight games against OU. Remember that guy? <laughs> right. Can Colt he start McCoy? again? Can he start again on Saturday? It might show up. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be something? See him warming up out there. You know, both sides. We've had. Not as many Oklahoma lately, but both sides have had guys who have been veteran quarterbacks in this series, and it seems to be a major advantage. If you have dealt with this atmosphere, the stress, the different sides of the Cotton Bowl, the 
hype, the buildup, everything that goes into this game. It's, it's a big advantage if you've got a veteran quarterback. And that's not going to be the case for either team. Now, they do have the better back, and if you can run the ball in this game, as we know, it can go the way of that team. So, Are you saying B. John Robinson is the best running I'm back saying in this it. game? Yep, I'm going to say it. I'm saying it. The guy who that doesn't drives mean he'll a have Lamborghini the best day. and has his doesn't, own mustard? Doesn't mean he'll have the best day, but he's the best back going into this game. You're yeah. probably right. You're probably right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'm going out on a limb there. I don't know if I'm willing to concede that point <laughs> Don't to know that not. I'm going out on too much of a limb there. The guy's got his statement. own mustard, for Pete's sake. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, they do have the better running back. They do have the better running back. Who's going to be the running back for Oklahoma? I don't know the status of a couple of them. So. All right, get out of here. Uh, what they, good are you? Barnes. Barnes will get the majority of Thank the carries, you, I Jim think. Yeah. Christmas. Jeez. None of us know the status of anything. I'm just asking you to guess. I'll say I'll say uh, Javante Barnes has the most right, let's, carries. Let's play this game. Who has the advantage at quarterback, TJ? If Dylan Gabriel is healthy and cleared, Oklahoma, I believe. As crazy as that sounds with the way that he looks Saturday and the passes that he's missed this year. Do you think Dylan Gabriel is going to be healthy and cleared? No. Okay, then who's got the advantage at quarterback? Um, I'll say Texas, but it's not like... Not massive. Not massive, yeah. Who's got the advantage running back? Uh, Texas. You've just stated that. Mm-hmm. Who's got the advantage at wide receiver slash tight end? I think that's pretty even. I'm going to say slight advantage, Oklahoma. Okay. They got Mims. We yeah. got Mims. They got Worthy. They got Worthy. Uh, Whittington's pretty good, mm-hmm. but so is Farouk. They got uh, Braden Willis on this team. All right, you're going OU, you say? Slight, yeah. Who's got the advantage on the offensive line? Uh, Texas. Defensive line? Texas. But that one would seem quick to me. I just have no faith in either of the lines right now. Yeah, okay, fair. Uh, linebacker? Texas. Defensive backfield? Texas. Coach? I won't make you answer that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll still say Oklahoma on that one. I'm not going to Sark any. All right, I'll put anything. it down. Then you coach. Yeah. So you have given OU the advantage at coach and a slight edge at pass catcher. <laughs> right. Texas quarterback, running back, O line, D line, linebacker, defensive. Oh, I didn't ask special teams. Who's got the special teams um, advantage? I don't know enough about uh, Texas' special teams to, to. I'll say Oklahoma. Uh, they got Turk. They've got a kicker named Bert. <laughs> Bert Auburn. Doesn't that sound like a like a uh, a lounge singer from the nineteen thirties? Does sound a little bit like that. Ladies and gentlemen, Bert Auburn. Bert Cruz director, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Xavier Worthy is their punt returner. Uh, you got Roshan Johnson back there returning kicks, it looks like. So you were saying OU advantage special um, teams? Oh sure. Yeah. Okay. 
remember Billy Bowman's banged up, but Farouk looked great last week returning kickoffs. He averaged 31 yards a kickoff return last week. That's nice. Um, all right, so just to recap, you got OU <laughs> advantage at pass catcher, special teams, and head coach. You got Texas at quarterback, running back, O line, D line, linebacker, and defensive backs. Right. Uh, seems advantage Texas. <laughs> I'm not going to I'm, I'm ask you for a pick because that's what tomorrow's all about. Uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, uh, there is another category in this game. It is. Uh, it is the. Uh, it is everything else. It's, it's a category called everything. Else. Everything else. Ferris wheels. Mm-hmm. Split stadiums, mm-hmm. cannons, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you want to throw out there. There's a cow out there. There's a cow out there. he's going to do. There's mm-hmm. horses running around. <laughs> There's a tunnel. There's a tunnel. There's bands. There's all kinds of stuff. There's everything mm-hmm. else. You know what I mean, Teach. Everything else is not a category in most games. That's true. It is. That, that it is, is very true. Game. Yeah. There's, there's sometimes it seems like the big man upstairs gets involved. You know what I mean? Like, you're just like, what, how did that happen? Right. What happened? What in the world happened? Everything else happened. So, uh, backed up toilets and a lot goes on. I don't know that you can give a pick in everything else. Just know it's a category that we will be assigning a winner to in the post game. Who won everything else? That's true. No, no, you're, 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 you're definitely true. That's a big, that's a big uh, advantage to one side or the other when some of that stuff starts going their way. So, absolutely. All right. All right. Uh, Chris Plank joins us to wrap up a Thursday show. When we come back, it's the ref. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by RK Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. Call 405-943-9800 or visit rkblack.com. Is today Plank's birthday? No, but before we got out of here, I had to wish a happy 12th birthday to the chairman, the B-man, the bomber, Bronx Ryan Perry, 12 years old today. Happy birthday to my man. He's already had his party. He 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 had his party on Sunday. He did. Uh, did. Happy birthday, Bronx. Happy big one-two, buddy. Uh, Get a haircut. (laughs) <laughs> we welcome in now Chris Plank for the crossover, brought to you by the Cleveland County Family YMCA. Good morning, Plank. What's up, Tiro? How are you? By the way, uh, Tulsa radio legend Don King's birthday today, the voice of the Jinx Trojans, nice. celebrating his birthday. So, a big day, Don Bronx. King. Don King, look at that. How are you, Tiro? I am good. We're headed down to Dallas today, and uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Craig Way came on with us. It's been a fun show today. Been a fun show. How are you feeling? I'm nervous. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> intrigued. I said, and um, it was really cool. You know, I I kind of have been in that position to where, you know, every time you try to kind of wax nostalgic about what OU Texas might mean to you and how fun this weekend is, there's, you know, there's that, 10 or 15 people on the text line or on Twitter that will say, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And they're like, no, it still matters. And, you know, yesterday, I think I was telling you about this, I sat and I talked with Ricky Williams for 30 minutes. And it was wild because 
um, you know, he was he was talking about you know he went two one and one in OU Texas, right? And they tied that first year whenever he played, and then that second year was I, I think that was the James Allen year, right? Um, and then all of a sudden he stopped and he goes, "Do you, do you remember a running back? Do, do you remember the running back that was there in '98?" And so we just, I mean, we just started talking about great OU memories, and he started talking about some of his favorite moments, and it was just, it was really cool, man. It was, it was fun to kind of go back, and so it gave me a little bit of, dare I say, perspective heading into mm-hmm. to this weekend, to where hey, it's still a big deal, man, regardless of what happened the first couple of weeks uh, yeah. of the season or the last couple of weeks, it's still a big deal, and uh, it was fun. It was really fun. It's special to be a part of. It's special to get to be at. That's why we're going to see a convoy of Sooner fans headed down there again today and tomorrow, regardless of what's yeah, happened said, in the last couple of weeks. You, you had said, right, that that 98 game that we were talking about, you were there when DeMond Parker and Ricky yeah. Williams went mano a mano? Yeah, I sat in the upper deck. I was there as a, a fan that day with my friend, and we got uh, tickets outside the Cotton Bowl, and we sat in the upper deck pretty close to the 50-yard line. Close enough that I, that's the one time that I was a part of the kind of yelling back and forth. I mean, I wasn't doing it, but I could witness the 50 yard line, you know, yelling back and forth between fans. What do you mean you weren't year. doing it? Come on, what? dude. That's not me. That's not me. And, uh, but it was highly entertaining. And the showdown, those two guys were unbelievable that day. He mentioned, I got to go back to, and in, in the conversation, he mentioned a defensive player. Because uh, we just started throwing out random names. And he goes, this guy, dude, that guy would hit me so hard. Like, as soon as he'd hit me, I'd be shook, and then I'd go back for more. So it's just... You know, 1998 it's, yeah, Oklahoma defense? Yeah, yeah. Huh. And 97, too. You know, think about it. Ricky Williams was one of those few running backs. He was in college for four years, right? He he didn't leave early, and they had that transition from Makovic to Mac Brown. 97 to 98, and Mac Brown sold him on staying around another year when he could have gone, you know, probably, I think that was the 97 draft or Peyton Manning draft, is that right? Manning yes. leave one, two? Yeah. Yeah. And and Ricky Williams told me, he's like, I really wanted to be a Charger. He goes, I, he goes if there weren't two quarterbacks in that 97 draft, I might have come on out because I, I was, I, I guess he grew up a Charger no, fan. or 98 was, okay, so it was Peyton, when I he think. Went, okay. I think, yeah. yeah. He was hoping then that he would get drafted by the Chargers when they took Ryan Lee. I wonder if Kelly Gregg is who he was talking about. He was a big old no, boy. No, yeah, it was. Kelly Gregg was on that. I'm going to think of it as soon as we hang up, and I'm going to kick myself and then sit there and whack hey, nostalgically about it all afternoon long. Tell me about the softball scene last night. Dude, they're so good. I mean, I listen, I understand. Did they I win? Did it. <laughs> I You know, I was. I need to call Patty. I need to call Coach because, you know, once he won eight zip last night, right? And so do you, it, it, and it's funny because a couple of things that hurt team sooner, I think, was a team that was struggling was a couple of defensive issues, T-Row. So um, it's, it's really fun, man. I, I tweeted it right afterwards because, you know, there were tickets available leading up to that last night. And if you're a, if you're a sooner fan, you might hear – inner squad, squad scrimmage, he's like, I'm, I want to see him play someone. This is awesome. Um, I was very nervous about understanding 
They're doing the uh, Athletes Unlimited, the AU scoring system. But it's just, it's not confusing when you're in it, right? Um, it's just, it's a point total that helps them kind of keep track of, you know, game by game. But it's still, you know, it's, it's not like suddenly you look up the scoreboard and, why is there 15 points in the second inning? No, it's still, you know, scored normally and it's still, you know, like a regular game, but it's just, it's really fun. And Jordy Ball looked great last night. She threw about four innings. Uh, Haley Lee, the, the Texas A&M transfer yeah. zero, holy smokes. She hit one Good. that went over the batter's eye in center field. It was just absolutely rocked. So they're, um, they're going to be fun. Breaking, breaking. They might be pretty good again this year. <laughs> I saw your picture, somebody's picture from, uh, you know, it was a picture of the crowd last night. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, that's amazing. I mean, that's unbelievable for a scrimmage, for a fall scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, it's just and, incredible. And, and here's the funny part of it. Whenever, so Nicole Mendez was doing the game with me last night, and it was, the, the crowd was a little bit late arriving. And, like, every seat in the concourse was filled, and we were there at about 5.30, and there were some empty spots in the outfield. And she goes, huh, where is everyone? And I'm like, <laughs> it's a scrimmage, Nicole. I mean, we should be shocked that people are here anyway. It's amazing the crowd that we had. And by the time first pitch came around, every seat was filled in the outfield. It was, it was awesome. Funny. So, um, Battle Series, tickets available. Be there next Wednesday night. It's well worth your time. Have a good show today, Chris. Thanks, T-Row. Talk to you tomorrow. All right. Uh, I'm headed down to Dallas. Tomorrow morning we will be live at the Omni Downtown Dallas for OU Texas Friday. Have a great Thursday, everybody.